Why did you have to slash somebody's tires? I didn't. But wanted to. Yeah, I really wanted to, and I was there. I was ready, and like I just started breaking down. All right, you okay? Well, let what? Why? We're glad why you're not did in you? Jail, so why? What started that? What was the uh, impetus Breakup. of that? Okay, I, remind yeah. me not to date you. Yeah, I, probably best <laughs> for your benefit. I don't. I don't know. You you have really nice cheekbones, so we're gonna go oh, with that. Thank you, uh, Thomas. You're like two decades her senior. Yeah. Whoa, and my whoa. husband. Yeah. yeah. And you're married to Ellen, so. That's true. Yeah, the, the the dog tags you're playing around with, that's that is part of the where the hell they go? Right here. Okay. Right here. I can't I can't see him. There's a popcorn. Are you blind? Chess. So grab a black card. Oh god. Oh no. Oh no. Oh yeah. <laughs> Million dollars, but every time you hear someone speak with an accent. Oh geez, how appropriate. Grab a yellow card. You grow an extra body part. You taking that million dollars? No, because anywhere you go, no. people are gonna think it's a different accent. But it's a it's an extra body part. No. Nope. Why? So wait, nope. Do we get every time they speak, we have to get an extra body part? Every every time that you hear one. So, so if you heard one at at okay. lunch and a, you heard one at dinner, it's a, two do extra we body get parts. A billion dollars every time. A million. A million. Oh yeah, a billion. Is a like billion is no doubt. No doubt. One time thing. One time, like you, you are not. The genie comes out and says, "Okay, here's your million dollars. Here's your curse. That is the one to one curse. You, you, you can't get rid time. of the curse, but you keep the million dollars is yours." I would do it. You would do it. I, I would not. I feel like an extra nope. body part is such a such a small what? investment. But that's every time you hear it for but the rest of your life. But what body part is it? Exactly. You never know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It could be yeah. an extra nose. It could be an excess dick. You know. Yeah. Like, oh, it's got to be an extra. Yeah. Wait, wait. Ex- how is extra the, dick? How is how is that negative? I got nine dicks. Go on Reddit. <laughs> go on. Go on. Ask me anything, and you enlighten yourself. I, I feel like now I'm very intrigued by the people that have apparently four penises on Reddit. Oh, they're called echidnas. Thank you. Somebody knows that echidnas have four penises, and also you're probably weirded out by that. If I had four penises, you know what I'd do? What would you do? Be slapping four bitches in the face. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, close, but I would I would do the thing that Ryan does. Where <laughs> <laughs> all right, but putting him on blast right now. Go go on, Mr. R, as we'll call him. <laughs> we are it's do, too do late. the thing that Mr. R does, where he puts the loofah on the penis, and then he puts the foreskin over the string, and he just swings the loofah around oh, like yeah. a stegosaurus. But oh, I would do that with four penis. Oh God, listen, ladies. <laughs> So I would can't. face is horrifying. Wait, how about this? I'm sorry, just <laughs> We just met each other. And That's okay. Have a mace what? thing. The, like, you know, the flail mace. Yeah, or like tassels. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Titty tassel. If you ladies happen to get an extra penis every, like, every time you hear somebody with an accent, would you take that? Like, you'd have a penis and a vagina. No. Mm-hmm. No. no. Would I get an extra boob? You could well. I, then I, I could use, cosplay as that hooker from uh, from Total Recall. Total Recall. You might be getting a lot of extra titties. You just have titties everywhere. You just be nothing but titties after a while. Who knows? I don't know what body part is going to be. Is that wait? That was a look like you was like yeah, I'm cool with titties. Well, I mean, if I go to the right place, I'll be worshipped as a god. You were first and foremost. You'll be worshipped as a god with three. Let alone seven or eight or nine. It's like, oh shit, there's a lot of breasts. It's and then people from all over the world are going to come see you. Yeah, and, and you're going to hear, hear accents. accents. And then they're going to give tribute 
And yeah. then I could just use the extra money to just take off the boobs again and then grow more boobs later in the future. Oh, yeah. There's there's a lot going on here. There's there's a lot of good to this. Now, this is me assuming the positive, and I'm okay with this. I'm, yeah, I think I'm taking that. I think I'm taking that million dollars. I'm going to pass. Yeah, I'm going to pass, too. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. You j- it's just an extra nose. It's just an extra nose. Or eyeballs. Eyeballs would be great. Anyhow, we are here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> my good friends, Jess. Say what's up. What's up? Yeah. Uh, Lauren. Yo. And always with us, the co-host with the mo-host. Mm-hmm. That was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen. Hello. All right. We are here to talk about and to discuss um, anyone that's going through a little bit of trouble, um, the idea of mental illnesses, the stigmas that surround them. How people are judged, um, what we can do to kind of be a little bit more accepting of things like that, and how the system is kind of screwing up about treating people that are maybe maybe in in need or marginalized. uh, Assistance? Just need a little bit of extra assistance? Yeah. I would want to say that it is a lot easier. Now, I'll say this. Jess. Mm-hmm. You have experience with this. I do. I, am I crazy in thinking that it's a lot more common, a lot easier to to find yourself in kind of a a rough situation? People get like people want to. I think people want to put this big, heavy label on. Oh no, it's it's depression or it's anxiety or it's this and a label that means something for you forever, as opposed to like you know a lot of people kind of go through this, kind of feel these ways. Like, am I crazy in thinking that? Uh, No. um, It's definitely one of those. There's obviously a difference between, like, being depressed and being in a depression. Um, Like, everyone gets depressed sometimes. Sadness Mm -hmm. is a thing, and it's just something you got to deal with. But when it's a constant thing and you can't seem to get rid of it, that's when it's a problem, and that's when you should feel like you need to be able to talk to someone. Um. I did therapy for my parents' divorce and in through high school, which is when I needed the I needed it the most. Um, a lot of kids that are going through puberty, the suicide rate for um, it's mostly millennials, age fifteen to like thirty, mm-hmm. and not a lot of people feel like they can talk to people, and that's the problem that we have is we don't know how to react when we hear stuff like that. Like, I want to kill myself. Like, I want to run into this tree in my car. Like, stuff like that. A lot of people are like, oh, my God. Like, why are you thinking that way? You know, they just don't react, you know, the correct way. When all those types of people need to just hear them and know that they're being listened to and that it's okay to feel these things. But, you know, happiness is just so much better, you know. Happiness is always is is kind of a strange thing though because it's unique to every individual. I think I don't know. This is just me. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of information out there, or a lot of ideas out there about what happiness should be. And my, any struggles that I have uh, regarding this, I've never been, you know, through the tests and and had a label put on me and all that. But I know I, I have a certain understanding of what it feels like I always kind of come to the, came to the understanding that trying to define happiness 
by these standards or those standards or other people's standards doesn't work for me. I'm happy in a lot of respects, but when I start measuring myself by another script, it gets all fucky and weird, you know? Yeah. And that is something that really drives me to to this idea of like, hey, don't, I don't know, measuring people, measuring or trying to follow another a script that doesn't make sense for you is like a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's that's the first thing that that hits me about that. Just why would you ever try and live your life like somebody else's? It doesn't fit you, you know? Right. And that's another thing too is a lot of people like to compare other people's lives, other people's success, or I do that a lot. Um, I I think I'm going through shit all the time and then – I'm open-minded and I hear other people's stories and I'm like, wow, that's so much worse than what I'm going through. Yeah. I always felt that, that there's so many different narratives about what can make you happy and comparing. And as you were saying, comparing other people's comparing yourself to other people is just a recipe for disaster. It is the worst thing in the world. I've, I've found at least, I don't know if that's true for everybody, but doesn't make sense, I guess. You know. Mm-hmm. I agree. What? So just just as a background to under, for people to understand, um, you've been in therapy. You did therapy when you were younger. You still in therapy now? Yeah. So I just recently started going to therapy for recent inconveniences. But I did the I did therapy in like late elementary school when my parents were going through a divorce. And I really didn't know like if I needed it at the time because I was just so young, but I'm going to say it did help because I don't remember like going through my parents' divorce was a huge thing, but definitely having someone to help me through the process of like my parents arguing and me being in the middle of that, someone guiding me through that was really helpful, but like I said, I needed therapy the most when I was in high school. High school is, public high school is awful. It's just, there's a lot of people trying to one-up you. Uh, I went to a school where sports was the center of everything. Uh And every morning in the announcements, it was always sports. You know, art here and there or anything else, but sports was the main thing. So small town high school? Small, like, but fuck nowhere high school. Because I just recently got shit on for going to public school. I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination I'm a, I'm a great human being or more intelligent than anybody else in the right. world. But there's a lot of stigmas about public high school. And I'm like, I'll, I'll fight you on those things. You know, I think there's a lot of value to that because of the way I perceive the world and the way things make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Being, I, I got galvanized by that. I think that a lot of mental toughness can come from, again, I'm going to fall on the wrong side of the history on this one, but there is a lot of hardening, a lot of toughness that can come from from being in a little bit more of a aggressive place. You you learn to swing back. Right. You learn to let things roll off your shoulder. You, you learn like this doesn't matter. This doesn't fucking matter. You yeah. know, you get people are very wound up about bullying, about X, Y, and Z, but mm-hmm. a, a, as it happened and as I went through it, like, oh, wait, 
kids are assholes and they're going to be mean and they're going to be vindictive and they're going to be this, right. that, and the other. I'm like, oh, oh, this super doesn't matter. Right. You know? And like the most important thing too is in going to high school, you really got to build up tough skin. I mm-hmm. would say definitely because, like you said, kids are going to be mean and they're going to be jealous of you or they just feel like they need to one-up you, stuff like that. And I was in a couple relationships in high school that really tore me up. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. And doing counseling there really helped me get through that and build myself to be up as a more tougher person. I just let stuff roll off my back like water on a duck. And I'm more aware of my emotions now because of counseling and therapy. And when I react a certain way, I know why. And I'm not going to like throw a fit or take out my anger on someone. It's okay. This is, these are my emotions. This is what I'm dealing with. It'll move on. You know, I'll move on. I completely agree with like the importance of that because like if you don't have that background of support, be it from therapy, be it from your family, people need someone else to talk to about any transition they're going through in life. And high school is one of those big transitions. And one of my close friends actually up here, I just recently became friends with him. And so I don't push about history or his past, but I know that he goes through a lot. And slowly over time, he's let me know that like, Going through his childhood and high school and everything, he didn't have therapy or support from his family. Mm-hmm. He was just told his feelings were not real, that he needed to just suck it up. That's exactly what um, I went through. And so without having that offered to people at any stage in their life, like it damages them for sure, mm-hmm. not having that support. And I'm trying to be there for him now, like years later outside of high school, that you know what, if you had a shit day at work and you don't want to be around anybody, but you do need someone to talk to, you can call me crying on the phone. I am completely okay with that. And I won't tell you, well, maybe you should go exercise. (laughs) Yeah, no. And no, and that's exactly what you should do. Because when people are having those thoughts like that, um, that's the best thing you can do is be an ear for them unless they say, yeah, I want to blow up a building. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like th- then you got to be like, okay, um, this, okay, like, no, let's not do that. Um, gotta, we got to pull that back a little bit. <laughs> Jesus. Well, like even my therapist tells me, you know, when, when you first go to therapy, she gives you like, she tells you overall, like, you know, what you should know. So like a lot of, and I I don't want this to scare anyone, but a lot of, rooms that therapy are done in they have to notify you that a video camera is in the room Mm -hmm. just in case something happens yeah they can ask you if you're suicidal or if you're having thoughts like that the only and they don't legally a doctor cannot tell you any information that you tell them unless you have written consent to a certain person yeah and wait say that again so a therapist, uh, which is a doctor, mm-hmm. they legally cannot tell anyone your information because okay, that's a, okay, not disclose. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, because that's that, a HIPAA virus. Yeah, yeah, okay. And unless you have written consent, right, yeah, to yeah. tell this other person. Okay, there, there was a word in there. that was like, wait, that didn't make sense. But right, and like the only time that they have to tell someone is if they say, "I want to hurt another person," mm-hmm. like hurt another person, like they really talk about it. Or I want to blow up a building. That's the only time that they have to tell someone. Mm-hmm. So, because you 
have to worry about other people too if they're affecting them. Lauren, I don't know how comfortable you are with with blowing yourself up right now. <laughs> Figuratively blowing yourself up. Are you okay with that? Thomas, that is every day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> you are are a woman that has experience with th- going to therapy. Yes. Okay. That's that's the blow up. That's the like, uh, hey, I don't want to I don't want to blow you up like, hey, well, I'm crazy, whatever. When did you decide that or when did you think that that was kind of uh, a good path for you? It was very recently. It just seemed like every single day I kept feeling worse and worse even though my life itself was figuratively and physically getting better. Like mm-hmm. I had a good job. I have a great husband. I live in a nice place, but just for some reason, the place sucks. By the way, it's so far out there. It's so, she lives in a boondock. He's I, only saying that because he has to drive like forty five minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, notice by the fact that she's obviously down here, but uh, I live in the cool part of the. I live in the real city. You live in the crappy suburbs. Anyways, the point <laughs> is, no matter how good my life actually was, for some reason, I felt low, like right. the lowest point I could ever be. So anyways, it's like, okay, maybe I do actually need to start talking to somebody. Have you, and it has it overall been, has it been a net positive? I would say so. It's a weird thing for me right now because the therapist is telling me everything that I already knew. Yeah. But other people are telling me that I seem happier, even though I don't feel any different. Interesting. Hmm. Therapy is a very strange thing with only intrinsic value. A friend of mine has had issues with this, and we are kind. Of, he's kind of rec- recently married, quote unquote. It's been a couple of years. Recently married, and he's debating his children's situation. He and his wife may may or may not have kids, and he said a few things that are very alarming. And my uh, a mutual friend and I kind of go through this, and our conclusion was that he has to understand his value. If somebody married him, somebody if, a, if there's a lady out there, this woman said, hey, I think you're great. I think you're amazing. I trust you. I want to give, give, build a life with you. That's got to mean something. It's got to mean something to you. You have to understand what that means, that this person is giving you know, that much to you. And, he do, and the disconnect is that he doesn't understand that. And the idea of therapy kind of goes back to that idea of like, you, you're, you might be amazing, but the whole concept is that you have to understand it. Things go on, and I can tell you what's going on, but you have to understand it. And so the idea of you saying that, it's interesting for you to say that, oh, I don't necessarily see the value of it as hard as other people. Well... It's not that anything's changing. It's that maybe you are starting to understand that you have intrinsic value. Maybe you, people, somebody just listening to you makes you feel better. Maybe I don't know, but it's all on you. It's all this internal thing for for Lauren. You know, I don't know. It's a weird thing. I feel like therapists are there are like you have to find the right one for you. Like five of your friends could be going to therapy, and they can all suggest the same person. You can go to that person, and they could be not the right person for you. It's like a pair of jeans. Like, 
I might prefer this brand and she might prefer this brand, but right. she's going to be like, nope, this brand does nothing for me. Oh, no. But your butt looks so good in that brand. <laughs> like, your butt looks great like, 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 listen, like, you, I'm so but here's uncomfortable. The thing. You so. don't know how good your butt looks in those jeans. See, like, that's because you can't see, you can't turn around and see the jeans. So but I'm she's like, uncomfortable, oh. so she doesn't want to be in the jeans. I know, but it's like, oh, man, it's great. I'm telling you, your butt looks great. See, that this this is all therapy is. Therapy is just basically how your butt looks in jeans. Yes. We brought <laughs> it down. We've now understood therapy. Good night, folks. The answer of life. <laughs> oh. um, no, but, like, for real, my cousin has several issues, and she's my favorite cousin, so I, like... I thought I, you was your husband. I was like, me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, yes, Tom. Yeah, oh, yeah. Holy shit, do I have uh, issues. So, secretly, I have uh, been brainwashing you to go to therapy while oh. you're asleep, which is why you're so tired all the time. I am Maybe. tired like, <laughs> all the time. What do I, what do, I do with my life? <laughs> no, my, so my cousin, not my husband, my cousin is, goes through a lot, and she has been... Since she was like in middle school, she's been on medication after medication, changing medication, changing therapists, changing doctors, and she's finally found a therapist that listens to her in the way that she needs. And like we said before, listening is like the biggest thing, more than telling you what you already know, what you should already feel. And I feel like some therapists try to do the comparison thing of like, well... You might be feeling this and your feelings are validated, but think about this other person who has it worse. That doesn't really help you any because right. it, it makes you feel like your feelings aren't legitimate still. And they right. totally are legitimate. And that's like the beauty of going to therapy too is that the therapist doesn't talk about their own life. Yeah. They don't compare your situation to someone else's. It's strictly just them asking questions and making sure that you're okay. The Hundred percent. The analogy that made things snap in my head, or the quote, whatever, made things snap in my head that was like, "Oh shit, this is super real." The idea that you can't be sad because somebody else has it worse is the exact is the converse of that is I can't be happy because somebody has it better, and that is like holy, nothing brings that to light, more, elucidates that point any better than that. Like, oh yeah, why? Click for you. Yeah, that somebody said that to me. I was like, "Holy shit!" You're right. Like, oh man, I'm. I liked that movie. You know, it was a pretty good movie, and I'm pretty happy that I spent that. Like, oh yeah, but somebody's fucking saw a better movie and has more money than you. Well, I guess you're right. I shouldn't be happy. <laughs> like, that's a crazy person thing to think. Yeah, somebody is. Yeah, somebody has it worse than me. <laughs> Doesn't mean I can't be sad. Somebody has it better than me. I mean, I can't be happy. That's crazy. That quote, like, if nothing else, if you get nothing else from this this show, this episode, get that. You are fine feeling the way you feel. Just because somebody has it worse than you doesn't mean they, that that it invalidates your feelings. Yeah, right? like oh, I kicked the shit. Apparently, kicked the real shit out of my foot on my PlayStation back there. It really hurts. I'm gonna bitch about that. Somebody has got got their leg sawed off yesterday for whatever reason. Like I'm still gonna complain about my fucking toe hurting. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like doesn't change the fact that my toe hurts. So, eh, whatever. It's all it's all relative, I guess. I'm an mm-hmm. idiot. <laughs> so, um, personally, Slip. I just, uh, not to say that you're an idiot. I'm segueing uh, away from that. Hey. Lauren. Thomas. Can, can we real talk for exactly one moment? Okay, but only for one Exa- I'm, Yeah, I'm, I'm timing it. Precisely one moment. What was the best Halloween costume you ever rocked? I, I would like to put a little disclaimer out there, <laughs> an asterisk, if you will. 
Yes. Full asterisk. This was before the Trump administration. (laughs) (laughs) Back when people had a little bit more of an open mind to... um, Satire and a sense of humor, yes, it's correct. And and it's also a pop culture reference, it is a pop culture reference. It was just, it was there. Do not persecute me, internet. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but there was a fake grindhouse trailer years ago that Rob Zombie came out with called Werewolf Women of the SS. Yep, which later spawned a song of the same name, music video. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go as a Rob Zombie pop cultural reference. Oh, my God. And I dressed up as a werewolf Nazi. Again, this was before the Trump administration. I'm not a real Nazi, and I'm not a real werewolf. Full full disclosure, doesn't matter. But Trump didn't, didn't like, make Nazis, didn't, like, make Nazis a thing yet. But whatever. He doesn't have that intelligence. It, It doesn't matter. That's all. Also... I want to put this out here on this show, possibly forever, for anybody that hears this. So our, our good friend Jim, good, good friend of the show Jim, has a question about how hot does a person have to be for you to still mac them, mac them <laughs> mac. if they were a Nazi? Like, like what's, what's their, no, like, what, how hot do you have to be for them to be a Nazi and you still, like... I give him my number. Like, what, what's the level? What's the level? Are they deaf and, like, mute? Mute? Uh, does that matter? Why does that yes, matter? Yes, because then they don't talk to me about Nazi shit. I can just fuck <laughs> on them. Wait. No, they'll, they'll communicate with you. About, look, look, you I, listen, you're going to be that. I'm not looking at them while they're signing. I can't hear anything. You are in that bedroom riding this guy with a full flag and the... Iron Eagle and all that shit. You're looking at it where you're like, mm, I can ignore it. You gotta, you gotta keep speaking. looking down at this blonde haired, blue eyed guy. Like, oh, cheers. Um, apparently, you have to be part werewolf <laughs> to be a hotzi. Hotzi. Yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah, that's what I wanted to throw out. Throw out there. Hotzi is the term. That's a fucking great term. Again, not a Nazi. Yeah, hot. No, no, it it is, but it's it hotzi, hot Nazi. Where? So you said. If they're deaf and blind, mute. wait, deaf and, mute, deaf and blind, holy shit. <laughs> if they're blind, I mean, that still works for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck it. Uh, deaf and mute, you, you, wait, you would. if they're blind, how can they tell who to be racist again? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like that Dave Chappelle. Wait, Jess, hmm? how hot do they have to be for them to be a Nazi? For them to be a Nazi. Yeah. And you still want to mac yeah. Here, Here's the thing. You are, you are officially thinking about it, so you're awful. So, (laughs) (laughs) trust me. Oh, trust me. Trust me. I have a number, hundred percent. There's like a there's like a few girls that if they put. Here's the problem. The problem is that a few women could put on the outfit like this is this is even more of a problem now because they have the aesthetic that like with the tight bun and thing and dressed (laughs) up like this is even buns do it for him. Oh, I see it. Buns of. Deal. This is even worse. Like you just being a racist was bad, and then you put on the uniform. And now I want to lick your face. Yeah, this is a problem, okay. folks. The answer is you don't. If they're a Nazi, <laughs> yes. you don't mack him. But, what, if he but what's your? Talk to but me, I will toast. See, but seriously, what's your like? Just what? What? Seriously, how hot does he have to be? They got to be Channing Tatum. So, so you're telling me, yeah. Channing Tatum. 
If he, Cheney like, Chaney was a Nazi, like I wouldn't care. And yeah, yeah. ETS, listen, then. listen. <laughs> we we all have it. Yeah. Oh, no, for me, it'd be like Mila Kunis. That's she's a problem. She's legitimately a, like, no, she's, especially with the outfit. Like that's oh, a problem. Oh, like like it's like oh if she if we were going on a date, if we were on a date and we were just talking like hey Mila and Mila Kunis just showed she, up in a no no she showed up in her regular things and just said yeah so. Uh, Hitler had some good ideas. Like, mm, nah, nah. But if she showed up in that outfit, like, ooh, um, uh, we we need to talk. Like, it, it it's higher. Like, oh Christ, you should really not wear that outfit. Goddamn Nazis! Why'd you have to make such good fashion? That, oh wow! Why do you have to be such fashion fascists? <laughs> this. Oh, is this the worst You're episode we've done ever? Yes, probably. Full disclosure. I, I don't wear it anymore, but uh, oh, no. Hugo Boss, Hugo Boss perfume or cologne. I'm becoming you all of a sudden. <laughs> Hugo Boss cologne, Hugo smells really good. Again, we don't date Nazis, I'm no just, matter how hot they are. But and, and matter of fact, Hugo Boss suits. You call look, your representatives. Look really good. And you tell them for for anybody that doesn't know that doesn't understand that. Hugo Boss designed the Nazi suits and obviously still around today and they still have an empire. They still do fashion and uh, cologne smells great. Suits look good. Do with that what you will. I stopped wearing the cologne, but it still smells great. Yeah. I just spritz it on my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jess, Jess, best Halloween costume you've ever rocked. Okay. So I went through a goth phase and I watched everything. Don't you look at me like that. <laughs> it's not the look. It's the spit. I, was, I, I took a drink. No. Okay. So I hey, went I through. Just talk about like how many girls in my life are, are going through a goth phase that I that I need to, we need to talk about. Well, you. <laughs> I mean, goth isn't a phase for me. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. I was like, whatever. Yeah, it's either. It, that, it's a phase or it's a lifestyle. <laughs> it's, it's either or. I agree with you oh, on that. that, that goth is like the Nazi situation. Like, eh, whatever. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to mess with the goth girl. But she comes with the the, the full thing. I'm like, oh well. Oh, I gotta talk about myself and how I feel. <laughs> oh jeez. Anyway, um, I so I had a temporary obsession with Tim Burton, and it's and I still love his movies. Oh, is that so? Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, <laughs> I, um, I was in love with his version of Alice in Wonderland. Uh-huh. And I spent over two, 200, I spent about 250 bucks on a Mad Hatter costume. Ah. And people did not recognize me. Like, I would Damn. be like. Sorry, how much did I, you spend again? Like close to two hundred and fifty bucks, and nobody recognized you. Yeah, did you spit in their I just, faces. Well, no, like I, yeah. I put on the full makeup. Tea? Did you throw hot tea? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just, no, like I did. I did everything. My hands were white. My face was white. Even more I white had, than it is now. Jesus. Sorry. Listen, this listeners. Just so you know, she's Mexican. So that's super <laughs> racist. That's super racist. What I just did. She's actually Indian. She's a. She's browner than I am. That's terrible. Anyway, uh, but um. Yeah, no, I went to, like, I went to, like, uh, churches, like, trunk or treats and stuff, and I went, I actually went out with one of my friends to McDonald's in this outfit, and 
I had a little, like, a little boy come up to me and just, like, stare at me all glossy-eyed. And I had uh, I had put, like, a fake gap in my teeth. Oh, that's pretty cool, yeah. And I looked at him, and I'm like, hi, how are you? And he ran off screaming. That's it was excellent. The, it was the funniest thing. Yeah, best reaction ever. Oh, my gosh, it was the best thing. And he was crying, and uh, um, his dad, he... Like he had his like dad with him. He looked up, saw me, and I'm like waving, and he just started <laughs> laughing. He's like, oh, "It's okay, he'll make it." And I just felt awful, but it was kind of funny. That's yeah, fine. It's Halloween. It's a whole thing. I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Halloween in the respect that it's it's the unique holiday. You know, it but, really is. Yeah, like there there's there, a lot of them fall. There's some overlap in a lot of respects, but Halloween's got this unique edge to it. So I'm always like, yeah, you scare people. Yeah, you get get a little weird, get a little zany, and get a little spooky. Yep. It's great. Ellen? I think my Professor Trelawney outfit was pretty, you know, awesome. From Harry Potter. The crazy lady with the tea leaves and the googly eyes. Wait, <laughs> who's the guy with the fucking crazy eye? That's Mad Eye Moody. That's Mad Eye Moody. Yes. I want to say... The crazy eye is Mad Eye Moody. Uh, <laughs> full disclosure, I just listened to the first first Harry Potter book. I was like, all right, let's let's go. I had a jury duty. <laughs> I had jury duty recently, so I was like, all right, we got to do something. So I was like, I bought the audio books. Like, let's let's go. Let's get in there. So I, I and yeah, it's fine. But Professor Trelawney. Yeah. I okay. was Professor Trelawney and I rocked that outfit. Rocked it hard as shit. I rocked it. I crimped my hair, did everything. But your hair is already. It's already curly crimpy. I crimped it more. So it looks like I electrocuted <laughs> myself. Yeah, exactly. It's the- great. The wild, the wild is when your hair is straight. It's so, it's so amazing to see when your hair is straight. Very rare. It is, but yeah. Well, whatever. When we have children. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> as it stands, Thomas's best outfit was Quatman. That's true. It was. <laughs> you out. You don't. Oh, you don't know. King Bob. King Bob. Was King Bob was too. fucking King great. Because because we had because that was a partner costume or a couple's costume, whatever you call it. And I, I love the idea that we had that. Like I, I never had that in my life, and I was very pleased with that. King Bob was great. Ellen. Thomas. You had mentioned something about medications for... Chemical imbalance. No, chemical imbalance might not be the most PC term to say. Thomas, yes, she knows somebody who's on medication. The reason why I really wanted to do this podcast was because of the friend that I mentioned earlier where he had grown up without any kind of support system. And I think for him now, our friendship was like kind of a mistake friendship. It's not like a mistake. Whoa, that's strong. Yeah, mistake. Like... (laughs) Normally, we wouldn't have cultivated the friendship that we did. The backstory on our friendship is that we work in the same place and we were getting each other's work in the tube system. It's like the bank tubes where you like shoot it up. What the fuck is a bank? So you went to this financial institution. (laughs) Yeah. So um, where we both worked, we used tubing systems. And so they kept getting our work down there and we kept getting their papers up in our area. And so... um, he started writing poems making fun of the fact that we were getting the wrong shit in each other's areas. Right. So then I wrote back because I'm just like, yeah, I'm Gabe. I'll play this game. I don't know who you are. So this went on four months of like sending paper to mystery people. Nice. We had no idea who was on the other side. And then like someone came up and was like, 
hey, that person that you're writing to is in inside the lab right now looking for you. And I'm like, oh, you guys are funny. Joke, 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 whatever. I didn't believe them. And I was like, holy shit, this guy's actually here. He's like, I just want to know who's writing on the other side. Like, it's me. <laughs> that's, very, that's a very romantic idea of a thing. Just like, I'm just writing to some... To, to some, some random person. Person in the ether. You know what I mean? Just like the idea. Like, I, I like... That's that's a meet cute. Yeah. So, yes. um, we ended up agreeing that like, hey, do you want to hang out outside of work? And so, for both of us, it was such an anxiety-ridden like event of like face-to-face talking, not through the tube system or, you know, what Kinsey's doing our days with IM and shit. Like, <laughs> so it's like old, old school IMing. Like, like, I don't know who this person is. So we went to hang out. We went to a coffee shop that apparently needed a restaurant coffee. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and I literally thought about bringing a piece of paper for <sighs> us to be able to pass it across the table if it got too awkward of like, Write down what you want to say. I'll read it. I'll respond. <laughs> because I wasn't sure how this was going to go. So now we're friends. We hang out a good amount. We go out. We go drinking. We'll play card games or whatever. So I just recently found out on one of the times that we hung out, um, he said that he is now on nine medications. Holy um, shit. That he has been feeling super down lately the last couple months. And I, I knew this because we had been talking and I was trying to be there for him with support but couldn't connect on the same emotional problems of like how he was feeling. Cause no one can connect with anyone fully on how you're feeling. Right. So I'm like, I'm here for you. Like, have you talked to a doctor? Have you gone back to your therapist? Like, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, I'm going to go back. And then like a week later, he's like, yeah, they put me on a ninth medication. He goes, that shows you how crazy I am. I'm like, you're not crazy. This is just you. This is just your version of you. And then he said, while we were hanging out that he laughed for the first time, a real laugh. And he didn't know how many years. And to me, that was shocking because we had laughed together. And I was like, so every time we hang out, was it faked? And he was like, it wasn't faked because at that time, that was a laugh for me. But now now that I'm on this medication, it's not a... He said, it's not, it was never a forced laugh, but it was. It, this one is a lightning laugh. Like as he laughed, he felt lighter. Whereas before when he would laugh, he was laughing because he knew that was the cue to laugh. And he did think something was funny, but there didn't wasn't. feel the, the happy bubble associated yeah. with the laugh. So I was like, that's crazy to me that you've gone this whole time of not only just being my friend, but living right. Right. and not being able to have a natural laugh that gives you joy. Mm-hmm. Th- things in that that story kind of makes me question where zero is for pe- for for the world. Yeah. And again, the the thing that I uh, that I keep coming back to during this show is that everybody's script is different. Mm-hmm. Everybody's situation is different. Everything is is explicitly uh, tailored for you. Yours doesn't work for everybody else. So the idea of this human being saying, I don't know what, what laugh. I didn't really know what laughter was until just now. Yeah. And, and, and the, the medication is the thing that allowed me to see that. Mm -hmm. It always kind of weirds me out. Like, do is there, do you ever feel like your zero is the wrong zero? 
I always get an idea of that of that where I'm at, where I feel neutral is at, is wrong. Is that the thing that happens to me, or just do you feel that way, Lauren? Interestingly enough, after going to therapist, sometimes she asked me, "How was your day?" And I would say it was either good or bad, or I would say, "Well, it's been okay." Right. And I learned that when you have an okay day where it's not good or bad, it's actually a good day. Yeah, because I, I think I can agree with that. When you're happy, it's an elevated feeling. And if you're in that constant elevated feeling, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. Because that's an extreme high, and you're not supposed to be that high unless you've had edibles. For that <laughs> <one>. <laughs> I'm going to sneak that. It's like, it's, it's like, are we going to do that? I'm going to sneak that joke in there. So when you're at a neutral state. It's a good day. It's a good day. Right. Even I, if that's nothing that's particularly good, uh, good happened. Most good for for se- people get an average of seventy two years. Well, I get an average of like sixty five, and you ladies get an average of like seventy nine. So whatever. But an average of you know seventy two years, most of life is just okay. Most of life is just not like hey, remember what happened on June third last year? No, of course you don't. Because it's just fucking the day. Some things happen. Some things happen. But and I think people want to believe that it was bad or good or something happened or memory. No, most life is just like, yeah, you go into work and you do a thing and whatever. Uh, and I think you saying that is is very enlightening to to a lot of people. Yeah, well, m- most days when you're like, it was okay. Like, I, I don't have anything to talk about because just, just kind of went along. Nothing bad happened, nothing good happened. Yeah. That's a good day. That's a really good day. And then when you're super happy, then you have a great day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's that's a real thing that doesn't get put out there a lot. I, I think a lot of a lot of people. This is just my, again me postulating on, on things. A lot of people want to have a fantasy life where oh my god, today was the worst thing at. Oh my god, today was the greatest thing ever. It, it's not. M- most days are really just in the middle, man. They're really just in the middle. Yeah. Your dad dies and it's really a bad day. You get married. It's a really good day, but your Stressful. dad. Yeah, your dad doesn't die every day. You don't get married every day. A lot of seven day out of the and seven days. That's a good day. Yeah, a lot of the seven days, just like yeah, it was chill. It's cool, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. Pretty much. But do you, you ever get that feeling, Jess? Like like understanding where zero is. Like I have a real tough time finding out where zero is. When you say zero, do you mean like? Like absolute shit day. Or no, no, average. Like, average. like, like, okay. negative hundred, positive hundred, like, zero. Gotcha. Earth, like you're in an okay. airplane. Like, what's your okay? Um, yeah. I, I mean, have a zero. <laughs> an okay day, because an okay day for me is just going to work. Honestly, because I love my job. I don't get paid enough, but <laughs> I love my job. And honestly, like me going to my job every day, and it's. Nine times out of ten, a decent day, and I just go home. I binge watch The Office, and then I go to bed, or I wake up in the morning and I just start cleaning the house. Um, that's like my own like certain medi- like meditation is me cleaning the house, and uh, to me like that would be a zero day. Yeah. So and then, you know, obviously, like you said, like there's some good days. Like, you know, my boss will come up to me and say, "Hey, like." How's your day? Like, I love you. Like, it's it's not weird. Like, wow, that just sounded really bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, like, I have a... The place I work at, I... My parents met there. So a lot of people 
there have known me since diapers and they've raised me. And I look at my boss as my uncle. I call him my boss all the time, but if I refer him or if I talk about him to someone else, it's, I call him my uncle. Right. And, you know, he asks me how my day is and if I'm doing okay or, hey, you look really pretty today. I hope you have a good day today. Stuff like that. That just kind of brightens my day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, just a little bit. And, um, or obviously like hanging out with friends or someone texting me, hey, like, what are you doing tonight? Nothing? Cool. Come over. You know, stuff like that. And I'm a huge people lover. Yeah. And I love being around people. I'm super social, you know, but I also need my alone time too. Mm -hmm. Um, and to me, whenever I socialize and I have a good time, that's like a really good day for me personally. So what constitutes a bad day? What's, what's the thing that you, you take and just say, you know what, I'm going to throw this in the garbage, Put in the, file, file that away for the bad ones. A bad day would be my anxiety taking over. Um, and recently that's been extremely often. Um, but that's one of the things I struggle with the most is my anxiety. Um, sweating, chest pain, you know, nitpicking. I do that a lot. I do that a lot on my legs. You probably saw that earlier. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it's just right now, like, my anxiety has been getting the best of me, which sucks. Um, but I was kind of glad that you asked me to do this because it got me out of the house. Yeah. And it got me out of being stuck in my head and overthinking and being paranoid. And that's exactly what I need right now. Lauren, I want to ask you this. Because I know that in our relationship, we, we've been knowing each other a few years. Through our relationship, I get a feeling I can kind of like read you a little bit not well but a little bit and you do the same for me you you can read me fairly well and you kind of know when when things are not as where they should be is there anything that really if somebody and this goes for every universal kind of statement for you know this is for you specifically but universally a thing that people can do to kind of like combat some of those weird mind goblins for you. Like as Jess, as Jess is saying, like, you know what? The idea that somebody asked me to, you know, to, to, to get coffee or get dinner, the idea that somebody gave me a compliment kind of like gets those mind goblins out of the way. And I know I, I try to be conscious of, of sometimes how you're feeling and I kind of look over you and say like, you know what? She, she could use a little, a little, uh, perk up. Cause you've done that for me a lot of times. There, what do you, what do you think is a good way for anybody? If you're, if your friend or your brother or your sister, or your mother is going through something, something that you think is a really nice way of combating mind goblins. Well, I'm still kind of trying to figure that out. Yeah. So I haven't found the answer, but spending time with you guys is definitely yeah. Way up there. Yeah. So. <laughs> we love spending time with you, by the way. Let, <laughs> let that you. be known. Yeah. Thank you. God, yeah. But it's just trying to fill your head with something else. Yeah. And push out all the negative thoughts, which is really, really hard. Yeah. Is it a thing that comes from... Why do you find, or I guess I'll just ask, I won't lead you into this. Why do you find it so difficult to find? Because, you know, again, I know that you're a very accomplished woman. Mm -hmm. um, you're married. So somebody has put in that, that statement of, I, I take you in, at, at your best, at your worst. You have a great cache of friends. You just 
came to this, you know, great bachelorette party. It's always an interesting thing to, to see how people view themselves. How do you perceive yourself? Do you think that you are worthy of all the things that you, that you get in your life? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> that seems so weird to me because, again, I, I have such a high perception of you. And I think that's always the, the thing that's like very difficult for, for people to, to understand, you know? Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's what I can do. You listen. You're always, you're always doing things for me. But what do you find so difficult to, uh, to accept about yourself? So I'm one of those people where I over-focus and under-focus at the same time, which yeah. is very weird and contradictory. But yeah, I don't think I understand that. When I become obsessed with something, I focus on just that one thing, and I can't focus on anything else. Or when I'm under-focused... I just, I can't do any work. I can't interact with any people. I just kind of sit there and my mind is blank. But those little depression goblins that you call. Mind goblins. Mind goblins. Which, which for anybody that doesn't, uh, uh, it's coined. I don't know if it's coined by Patrick Boyvain, if you know who that is. He, it's just the idea of like those weird things to, to explain it. It's those weird things that you do. That have that are clearly unnecessary. Clearly, like, wh- why do you do that? If you tell anybody, like, what, what, well, I, I have to, I have to have all the pencils in order from shortest to, to, to longest. Why? It's a mind goblin. I just have to have it. That's what I mean by that. So once that mind goblin gets inside my head, I just obsess over it and I can't stop thinking about it. And everything else is just kind of ricocheting off this pane of glass while inside the glass house, all this weird, dark, creepy shit is happening. And it's almost like a bad habit you can't break. Like if you're smoking and you're trying to quit smoking, it's really hard because it's so compulsory. Obsessive, compulsive. It's like an obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah. Have you, any of you ever had to, and I know Jess, you definitely have, had to interact with somebody that you cared about that that couldn't overcome this like yep. that that's one of that's one strong thing that uh, like as as problematic as I am and as much as I have a problem with these things one of the toughest and most defining moments of my life was interacting with somebody that that I couldn't save you know that couldn't help themselves like I can't do anything and that felt really bad it felt so bad do you have an experience with that uh you said you did Jess yes um I've got a friend of mine that I really care about. I really love him. And I want what's best for him. And he's very stubborn in talking about his thoughts. Um, I recently talked to one of his really close friends and apparently um, my friend who's going through this um, has told me more things about his thoughts than he's told his best friend since like middle school and we were swapping information and I said I just really care about him you know I love this guy and I just want what's best for him and he says yeah I've just been trying to do the best I can Uh, I've tried picking and prying he just won't budge Um, I think this is something that he just needs to go through on his own which really really sucks because sometimes it's what you have to do is just to let them get through it. But the most important part 
is if you're going through it, do you even want to move past this ugly phase in your life? It's if you're going through a depression or you're suicidal and you don't want to get better, like, then you're not going to. It's all in if you want to get better, you seek help, you talk to a loved one, and it's all a matter of if you actually want to get better. And I think that's the hardest part is people are so caught up in, you know, their darkness and thinking about dying or asking what's the point in what they're doing in their life, what is my purpose, stuff like that. That's, that's the hardest part. And you just have to be an ear. Um, definitely don't push therapy or medications. Don't push that. But mention it every once in a while and make it extremely vocal that you care about them and you love them. No, I, th- I think that's something that that I'd like to feel I did the right thing, and maybe not the best, not the best thing. Unfortunately, I think my I made choices about that relationship that I had. You know, uh, I think it wound up being okay for everybody in the, in the process, but it's it's a very difficult uh, moment. You you have anything like that, Ellen? Um, kind of. So. I, uh, I had a roommate that was going through a lot of shit. She actually uh, committed herself because she was suicidal. And I had absolutely no idea as her roommate. Um, I knew she was going through things, but I had not realized to what extent she had spiraled in herself because we were on different schedules and like I didn't know how deep in her own mind she had gotten. Right. So right before she committed herself... She, um, we had a huge blowout. We had like it's this huge old fight where I was so mad and so scared all at the same time because I was mad at her, but I was scared for her because I, I was so angry at her that when she left the house, I was like, good riddance. And then 10 minutes later, I was like, where did she go? Because I was, I already knew that she was not in the right frame of her own personal line. So I was like, okay, I'm pissed. If I'm going to drive around this neighborhood looking for her because I'm scared she's going to do something stupid. Right. So that was like right before she decided I need to do something to change. Um, But like I couldn't be there for her in the same sense I wanted to because I was still so angry about other things. And so it's just like. And that's literally the hardest part. That's the hardest part. It's like you're not sure what level of support is needed or wanted or what you can give without sacrificing yourself as well. Right. And so that's really hard balance to find. Um, we're actually not close friends anymore because of this. Not because of how she is in her own mind, but because of a bunch of things compounded together. But she's like, hey, if I get married, I want you to be there. And I'm like, I want to be there for you, but we can't be the same level of friends right. anymore. Yeah. So it's like, I support her. I want to be there for her from a distance. Because for my own mental security, I'm just like, you know what? I can't. I can't because I want so much for you. But I need to protect myself too. Right. That yeah, that's kind of the the conclusion that I came to, and yeah, you know, it it you you have to do self care first. Yeah. You know, like it's one of those things where I, I I took a very long time. You know, apology or 
or you know condolences for anybody that's been there with me through this entire journey. It took me a long time to get strong enough to be able to help other people. I, I had to start off by saying, okay, I got to start with me. And as much as I wanted to help other people during my, me coming up and being stronger, being this, this beacon of, of who I was, those times where it got rough, where, where somebody else was kind of in a position where they weren't strong enough. Like, I, I, I don't, we're, the analogy is, we're both going to drown. I, I'm not sure. I'm barely strong enough to, to support my own weight here. I'm barely strong enough to swim in this current myself. It's it, almost like if you're in an airplane and the airplane's going down and the oxygen masks come on. You're supposed down, to put your own oxygen mask. You put mask. your own oxygen mask on first before you help the child beside you. Exactly. Especially if the child is child oh, you just let that die. Like, oh geez, sorry. <laughs> Woo! Child death. Told number like six on the show. Um no, no, no. Yeah, no, exactly. Like I, I if I try to save you. We're both going to end up in a. We're both gonna have a bad time. We're both gonna have a bad time because I don't know what I'm doing. You don't know what we're all panicking. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that I say that I'm more valuable than you, but I'll be of much more value to the entire process if I am strong enough to do that. And now that I'm in my mid 30s, I feel very confident. Feel very happy about where I am. I, I I feel like I can. I can do as much as anybody needs from me, whether that's enough, whether people are able to accept that, whether people are, are where they need to be. I still feel like, hey, I, I have an ear. I have financial resources. I have physical resources. I have a little bit more knowledge. And that's what I want to give to my friends and my family to, to say, you know what? I'm here now. Ten years ago, may not have been as as a uh, to be able to give as much help as I could have. But right now, like, yo, anything you need, call the number. I'm here for you. So, I don't know. That's worth anything to all my friends out there that are listening. Well, that also goes back to what Jess was saying about how depression is very personal. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you can only do so much, but that person has to want to help themselves and want to accept help from others before you can act like what you do for them is actually effective. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna, self-care, number yeah, one. Yeah. I'm, by the way, I think I've, I've beat, despite the fact that I like your song, I'm going to put Amy Winehouse on the end of this because okay. I, <laughs> I love that song. It, it Help Yourself. It's a great song, by the way. Love Amy Winehouse. And that <laughs> always reminds me of that. But speaking of which, Lauren. Thomas. Can, can we real talk for exactly one moment? <laughs> No, what, have, what have we been doing? No, no, that was bullshit. <laughs> now we're real talking. What is the world? We're real talking for exactly I, one moment. This is real life right now. <laughs> what is the one song that always makes you get up and boogie? Like the song is just like, yo, shit, it's on. It's fucking, it's go time. Welcome to the Black Parade by Mike Hemingway. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. No, yes. no, that's a that's not their best song. It's oh no. But that's that, oh, that's your no. jam. Like oh, when as I soon was as a young boy. Oh no. My father took me into the city. That's all the rest of this podcast is. <laughs> we'll just sing. Uh, we all know you're gonna give me you're gonna give me D, you're gonna give me a DCMA he said, strike. Son, when you grow up, it's gonna be struck by tunes right now. You're fucking me. You're fucking me. Broken, the beaten, dead, the Listen, for a moment, 
with, at the last moment of MTV, it was in his death throes before it was like absolute shite. This was like 2004 or something when I had my first place uh, and I got cable and I uh, had like second shift or whatever. They would still do music videos late at night, like two in the morning. So my weird sleep schedule, I would wake up every night, like two in the morning with TV left on and Helena was the music video that always came up. I was like, wow, this is, this is wild. I, I kind of like this. I kinda, everything after Helena was no. But Helena was like, uh, like uh, okay, let, let's talk about this. This this strange band. I like the sound. They have this goth thing. Like, yeah. And and no, no, after that, no, chem- no My Chemical Romance. Don't no. listen to him, kids. Emo's not dead. I'm okay. No, uh, no, Emo is dead. No, I'm no, it's not, not okay. It's I'm not, not okay. Emo is never die. And those Emo's, feelings are valid. Emo's Lauren. fucking dead. Thank there, you. Ellen. There was a moment Thank where you. it was where it was hotness, but also I'm now way older than that. So like, uh, whatever. Anyway, Jess, your song. What do you? What? What's your song that compels you to dance no matter what? Love on Top by Beyonce. Oh, I don't know that one. Bring the beat in. Ba, 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 da, ba, ba, ba. Oh, that's oh, oh, that's that song. That's the name of that song. Baby, it's you. Oh yeah, I d- you're the, the only... one I love. You're the one I need. Someone sign her up for a record right now. <laughs> I love that. You song. didn't tell me that I was singing up against this talent. Oh, listen, listen. Whoa, 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 whoa. Only one person here has seen me do karaoke, and I shut that shit down. He did. Why? Okay, why? Why he what? Burnt the are, you place gonna, down. are you gonna sing with us? Oh no! I'm ter- I'm a fucking awful singer. I'm a performer. You know that. It's, no, it's true. Karaoke is not about singing. I, I brought an actual opera singer to karaoke once. She killed it. She killed it. But she didn't necessarily like it. She was like, "What? Yeah. Oh, why did you do this? Oh no. Oh no." Mm-hmm. And she ended up killing it. I went. I can't sing worth a shit. And I, I was able to get the crowd going the same way. Right. For different reasons. I'm a performer. So yeah, no, I didn't know that song was called that, by the way. Yeah. I was like, I don't think I ever knew that. Oh, oh I love that that's song. That's a good song. Yeah, it's just like the one that's just like, all right, it's, mm, it's time. Yeah. It's go time. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. Ellen? Monday, Monday. That makes you that makes you dance? I will always sing that song. It's not really a dancing song, <laughs> but like But it, it gets you? If anyone if I anyone just goes, do 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 so I will always join in on Monday, Monday. I, I feel like this is the most diverse set of answers I could have got for this. Yeah. For this, mm-hmm. like, like the emo, the R&B uh, and the situation. And the oldies. Mm-hmm. Like, I lo- like, can we just hang out? So and just- good to me. I, what we need to do is is just have a record day. We'll just, we'll just t- get our <laughs> records. I got a record set. player. Yeah, I bet you do, you hipster. I do, yes. I know, you hipster. Uh, <laughs> we, should, we should just get a record player and just, and just listen to music all day. And I got shit. a Jay-Z record. Uh, oh, wait, oh, I had to like parse what that meant for a second. <laughs> uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, no. I, no, my only records are in the bathroom right there. Which You have records. Yeah, yeah. The, but those are just, those are for display. The records are actually in there. They're just for display. I just like them. I don't like have a record player. Cause, why not? Why would I? It's Because ri- it's ridiculously inconvenient. That's why. How so? It's, it's, a, nice, it's a nice display and it plays music. You know? Yeah, cause, because vintage. I have like nine of these phones sitting around, <laughs> which which hold 10 billion songs. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Co- ridiculously inconvenient <laughs> comparatively. That he said phones, plural. Yeah, because he's an arms dealer. <laughs> 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 
Why would I? Oh, yeah. Why would I not have multiple phones? What do you have? Like one phone? Gather around, children, and I'll tell you the legend of the landline. Because you don't understand what they AOL dial up. Oh, by the way. Juno, you got mail. Ellen? Yes. What was your AOL screen name? It was Secrets to Learn. <laughs> I will uh, log back onto that shit and see if anyone else is online. No, you won't. They, they, sh- they shut it down in like the bottom of eighteen, bottom eighteen or seventeen. I oh. forget which one. It was like one of those. Hey, you should all fucking get on AOL right now because it's Download like all your screen. Yeah, the, do- do- your do- 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 the sounds, all that stuff. Yeah, El Boogie. What was yours? It was Ifrit nineteen ninety eight. Wait, night. Because you got it in 1998? No, because 1998 was a great year. That's when Digimon came out. <laughs> what the That's your favorite reference? Because like, of Digimon! 98. Yo, I, you're not, not the year you were born. I don't not, care uh, what you say. Digimon is better than Pokemon. I whoa, will fight you on whoa. this. You're going to have to fight a lot of fucking people that are listening to this show right now. You're going to have mm-hmm. to upper... You, I hope your uppercut and your, your left hooker is really strong. Cause well, I, I got to distract them from the Nazi business shit somehow. <laughs> The hot seat. You are hot you are officially a hot seat. Like, let that be known. You're a hot seat. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, so we've we've talked a lot about things. We've had a lot of fun today. We haven't. I'm just there, there's a gun pointed to my head, so I'm gonna have to, I have to say that, but for my sponsors. No, I think I think there's an idea of everybody's story is unique, and it's not to be. Not to be put in a box. Don't put a don't put a label on a lifestyle, people. That's all I have to say. Everybody is is cool in their own way, and they have a different story. Don't worry about it. There's no stigmas with needing help and asking for help. I know I have that problem sometimes, and I know other people have that problem sometimes. Not a problem. Understand that if somebody thinks something's wrong, only they can know that. So sometimes it would, you do well to to believe them. I know it sucks to uh, have the boy cried wolf situation and there's a lot of that that is probably going to be the case but you never want to be in a situation where they're crying wolf and the wolf's actually there taking the sheep you know so it it, it sucks to to have to trust people that much and and run and and believe them but it it'll be so much worse if the wolf is actually there anything you want to want to drop uh, Ellen, for the uh, the listeners about about this subject. Um, so if anyone wants to cry and feel terrible. Oh, awesome. I totally do. I was actually just talking about this this weekend. I uh, read a book back in college that I actually could not get through because of how emotional it made me. Because it sucks. Um, especially for females. It is a very emotionally tied book. It's called The Twisted Sisterhood. And it's about how we interact with each other as people and how our actions with each other will have lasting impacts in ways that we never will understand for that other person. Because to you as a a moment in time, to them it might be something that will constantly be a positive thing for them or it will constantly scar them and be an impact on how they interact with other people in the future. So I didn't get through this book because it made me feel terrible. So if you want to, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to feel terrible, feel free to read it. Awesome. Um, it'll make you apologize to people that you haven't talked to in over ten years. And honestly, sometimes I think they might need that. So feel free. That's my plug. The Twisted Sisterhood. <laughs> 
Lauren? So I play Dungeons and Dragons, and um, our group went into a dungeon where they found a puzzle box. And this ties very, back to... Very Hellraiser. This ties back to Hellraiser. The there Hellraiser. are chain devils in Dungeons and Dragons. They found a puzzle box. You don't take the puzzle box. If you solve the puzzle box, you summon chain devils, and the chain devils take your soul. So anyways, my character wanted to take the puzzle box because it was already half solved. And I was like, well, if we leave it here, somebody else is going to solve it. At least we can put it into our bag of holding where nobody else can reach it. Right. And everybody else was like, no, that's a bad idea. I don't want to do that. We're leaving the puzzle box here. And that's when my depression hit. And all of a sudden, I became into this state where it was like, nobody listens to me. Nobody will take in my Wait, ideas. wait, wait, wait. I, I Character have... or Lauren? Yes. Lauren okay. and okay. then leaking yes. into her character. I don't live vicariously through my character. No, yeah, I'm no. only a level 10 halfling rogue. But anyways, yeah, exactly, yeah. so anyways, I got really depressed and I got obsessed about that. And eventually. Wait, to be fair motherfucker you can't just just say like hey it's they were trying to save lives no, out no. there they she puzzle was tr- puzzle box she was trying They're to save verified. lives yeah true yeah true. right no they were right you don't take yeah, the puzzle you can't box. take the puzzle box but anyways yeah. i rolled pretty high on stealth and took <laughs> the puzzle box but later that night i came home crying and i had this crying spell and i'm like my friends don't like me nobody listens to me they don't think my ideas are good and he's like well, what the, brought this on? I'm like, well, I wanted to take the puzzle box, but nobody would let me. And he's like, oh, my God. It's not just a game. The puzzle box is real. The puzzle box was giving you those dark thoughts so that you would take it. <laughs> and you did. <laughs> and I did. So anyways, the point I'm trying to make is depression isn't your fault. And sometimes it's just a puzzle box that's putting those dark thoughts into your head so that you do dark things. Hmm. Totally, I'm totally like mm-hmm. putting that somewhere like that. As as unique of a story that is, I kind of like I kind of like that as a weird like catch all for for the concept. Like I, I like that. Uh, Jess, you want to leave people with something? Yeah, um, just a little bit of advice for parents that their kids are going through puberty because um, that's typically when a start. Of lock, depression, yeah, lock them any, away as the yeah. device. Yeah, just no, Stuff just like lock that. them away. Just like oh, puberty, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, um, it seems like a lot of parents now don't know how to handle their kids when they're going through that transition from middle school to high school. Um, they don't even grasp all of their feelings yet, um, and just literally being an ear for your kids and being as understanding and open-minded as possible is the best thing. And if so, that your kids are going through some thoughts in their head just to not react is just to listen to them and not have a, oh my gosh, my child's going to die. Like, it's not that. It's just you listening to them and just being there for them. And a lot of parents just don't understand that. And I I had struggled with that. My parents didn't understand what I was going through um, until they physically saw it. And suicide's a real thing. And, you know, I I personally have attempted it. I'm I'm here, obviously, but it's it's a real thing. 
a little, little, little golf clap from Lauren. They're like, I'll, 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 get, I'll get up. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, as as weird as that might be to do, like, uh, I don't know. I think it's a, think it's a valid, like, reaction. That's, you know? that's a tough thing. Yeah. yeah. Good job. No, it's <laughs> And it's, it's definitely something that people need to talk about, you know, even if they are going through, you know, spells of different thoughts like that. They just need to be listened to. And I just wanted to put on here what the suicide prevention line is. Go for it. Um, it's 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. It's a real thing. And my biggest advice is when you hear thoughts like that, because you will hear, if I'm being blunt, some fucked up shit. Um, whoa, whoa. Language. <laughs> Jesus. This is a no, children's like- show. <laughs> That we've decided we've talked about killing children on. Like, like I've had, you know, certain thoughts and I've heard people have certain thoughts such as like, oh, I wonder what would happen if I just totally ran into this tree at 70 miles an hour. Um, you know, I wonder if this can choke me to death. Like, I wonder if I can slip my throat right now and it'd be okay. You know, just if you hear stuff like that, do not react if it's a lot. Take a deep breath and just understand that it's real and that people go through it every day and they have to live with it. And just recommend therapy because it really does help. In, and I've learned that in therapy, when you talk about how you feel about certain things um, and they ask you particular questions and you answer them out loud, you connect them and you kind of answer your own questions um, in your head on why you think these things or just why you're going through this ugly phase in your life. And I personally have had therapy and it's been really great for me. It's been therapeutic almost. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I want to slap your face. (laughs) Trish, give me your beautiful... (laughs) (laughs) Stupid face. But yeah, if at any point you feel at your lowest, just think about who you're going to affect and call that line because there is someone that will listen to you and genuinely cares about you. And there's always someone in your life that gives a shit about you. Whether you think so or not, someone out there cares. And if you left... You know, you might cause someone else to fall into that same boat. Mm-hmm. See, this is why I give her the clap. Whoa! Yeah, well, you know what? Yeah, that's terrible. I'm gonna end on that note. And if you think you have the clap, please visit Planned Parenthood. <laughs>